Oh, hi. It's your boy, Tim Leeson. Um, I have just come from day one of a two-day mental health first aid course. A course which I've done a couple of times before in different jobs, previous jobs, and which I would very much recommend to anybody who is interested in knowing how to support people who are going through difficult times with their mental health. It's a good course. Um, one of the things which they ask you to do on day one, spoiler alert, whoa, a heron. Can you see it? No, it's too far gone. I saw a heron. Herons are like um, dragonflies in the sense that seeing them feels like something kind of special and cool. Like there's a, feels like a spiritual gift to see a heron or a dragonfly. Whereas crane flies, AKA daddy long legs, basically the same thing as dragonflies, but they feel like a curse from hell whenever you see them. Awful, the worst insects. The heron has just landed in a tree, which I'm walking towards, so maybe it'll reappear later in the podcast. Anyway, shit, what was I talking about? Yes, mental health first aid. So, spoiler alert, if you haven't done the course, at the end of day one, um, they ask you to they ask you to do some homework. And the homework is to do what they call a happiness hour. So they say, we want you to find an hour to do something which will make you happy. A way of looking after yourself for an hour to prepare for day two of the course where shit gets real. Um, so this is my happiness hour. And here I am talking to you people, uh, which genuinely makes me happy. The happiness hour thing is kind of part of the, uh, what feels like quite a recent shift in mental health and well-being talk towards the talk of self-care. Self-care is a phrase which I hear a lot of at the moment. And it's a good thing, but it's also a thing which I find slightly problematic. It's a phrase which I find slightly problematic. Not as problematic as um, self-love, which to me sounds mucky, though I am an advocate of that as well. My issue with self-care, or the, the, the thinking around a lot of self-care stuff, is the idea that our mental health and well-being is something which we're solely responsible for and is fully within our control. This is not something which Mental Health First Aid teaches, by the way. I, Mental Health First Aid is genuinely a really good course and I have nothing negative to say about it. I 100% sincerely recommend it. This is not a criticism of Mental Health First Aid. This is, a, I guess, kind of a criticism around some of the ways in which we in our wider society have come to think of things like mental health and well-being, which are important things. Um, uh, helicopter break. Where is it? I can hear it, but I can't see it. Never mind. Um, so, the self-care thing it's kind of up there in my mind with um, 
working for an organization for example who you you know you have a conversation with your manager and say look hey I'm actually struggling here a little bit with this work with this job and your manager sells, uh, sends you onto a resilience training course which kind of suggests uh, so was my resilience was I not sufficiently resilient before entering this job um, that's one very specific example a real example from my past um, which basically the, the issue there is it says your mental health is your problem you need to look after it don't ask me to fix it it's a way of saying let's avoid corporate responsibility let's avoid the idea that maybe there's something fundamentally wrong with the way in which we treat work and um, our kind of attitude towards life and what's important and meaningful in life and instead just say it's down to the individual hey look you know you've got to work a 45 hour a week that's non-negotiable and if you can't hack that well maybe you need to practice a bit of self-care maybe you need to drink more water sleep better all of these things are good things drinking more water sleeping better practicing self-care but it is my belief that our mental health and our well-being are linked to community pause play i'm back i had to stop filming because some men emerged from a bush and i became self-conscious um what was i talking about yes community communal responsibility for mental health so our mental health our sense of identity I really believe, and you'll have heard me talking about this before if you've listened to um, Joy Story, the other podcast I do with my friend Dan Mills-DeBell, um, that happiness isn't something which we can just muster up for ourselves. We can do good things to help us to maybe increase our happiness by 10%, maybe to make us more receptive to happiness when it arrives. But actually the people around us, the community around us, the the kind of yeah the community around us is fundamental absolutely fundamental to that stuff and that's the real tragedy i think when people you know as a youth worker i worked for 16 or 17 years doing that kind of work and i met lots of young people who um were unhappy and had good reasons to be unhappy and a lot of the time more often than not, their unhappiness stemmed from having rubbish parents um, or having a horrible school life, getting bullied at school or whatever it is. And that makes that so tragic because if mental health, if well-being is something that we're completely in control of all of the time, then having a rubbish family, then having being bullied or being in a toxic work environment or whatever is no big deal because well i'll just practice self-care and it'll be fine but it's not fine um that stuff will fuck you up so um 
where am I going with this? Where I'm going with it is that I think our mental health and our well-being are bigger than how well we look after ourselves. How well we look after ourselves is vital, it's important, it's fundamental. Practicing self-care is really, really, really important, but it can't fix everything. What we need around us to fix everything is connection and community, I believe. Um, towards the end of the last episode of God or Whatever, the last full-length episode with Mirta Peters, which was good, by the way, you should listen to it, um, I referred to one of my favorite quotes uh, and misattributed it. Um, so the quote is, discover the spirit of peace for yourself and a thousand souls around you shall be saved. And in that episode, I said it was Saint Cosmas who said that it wasn't. It was Saint Seraphim. No one picked up on it because no one knows about obscure Russian mystics and no one cares. Uh, but it was Saint Seraphim who was a weird guy in lots of ways, but also a cool guy and a guy who was known for being peaceful and playful and compassionate and loving. And he said this thing, discover the spirit of peace for yourself and a thousand around you shall be saved. And I think I prefer that to the self-care language because discovering the spirit of peace, if we want to use religious language in the Old Testament in the Jewish scriptures it talks about the concept of shalom um, which is peace not just in terms of a kind of you know whatever meditating for 20 minutes a day and discovering a kind of inner stillness it's a communal peace it's a peace between neighbors it's a lack of war it's a peace that's rooted in compassion it's a peace that is also inner peace it kind of covers everything and that spirit of peace, which St. Seraphim talked about, I think is closer to the concept of shalom, which includes self-care, but isn't defined by self-care. So yeah, you can do self-care. That's a good thing to do. You should do self-care. I should do self-care. I'm doing it now, but it's not enough. So does that mean, I can't believe my voice broke, how embarrassing. So does that mean that people who have unhealthy communities around them, who, for reasons outside of their control, don't have connection to people who love them, are they just hopeless wretches? Are they doomed to never be happy? Well, no, I don't think so. That would be a sad message for what's supposed to be a happy hour. <clears throat> the hope, I think, for those people is you, and it's me, um, that well-being, good mental health, shalom, the spirit of peace, is something which we are able to give as well as to receive. It's not just something we do for ourselves. It's something we do for the world in which we live, for the pool in which we're swimming. I had a conversation the other day with some colleagues about karma. Have I spoken about this on the podcast before? I might have, forgive me if I have. We have this idea in the West that karma is 
just the universe being a petty bitch. <laughs> we have this idea that karma means if I do something bad, then the universe will do something bad to me to redress the balance. Um, that's a stupid thing to think. Um, it, th there's no evidence for that whatsoever. How I understand karma, and maybe if there's a Hindu or a Buddhist or a Sikh listening to this, somebody from one of the karmic religions who disagrees with me, maybe they could message in and come and be a guest on the podcast because I don't know enough about you guys. But the way I understand karma is that we're all swimming in the same swimming pool. And if I take a piss in the swimming pool, then I'm making the swimming pool worse for everybody else, including myself. I am also having to swim in a pissed-in pool. So it's not that the pool is somehow conscious, somehow sentient, sees that I've done a bad thing and goes, right, well, okay, I'll, I'll piss on him. It's just a, I mean, pretty much scientific, verifiable fact. I've pissed in the pool and now I'm swimming in piss. That's karma. It's, 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 it's not the universe taking revenge. It's you have put rubbish out there for everybody and therefore made the world a little bit worse for everybody, including yourself. But the good thing about karma and the good thing, maybe even about maybe more traditionally Judeo-Christian concept like grace, is that we can do the opposite as well. We can put good stuff in the pool. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's where the analogy falls apart, because what's a good thing I can put in the pool? I don't know. Chlorine? Don't want too much of that. Bleach your skin. Um... But anyway, so the analogy slightly falls apart there. But the idea is that I can, I can breathe compassion into the world. I can make a decision to be compassionate. I can make a decision to share mercy and grace and forgiveness. And in that way, create a better space, a better world, a better universe for those people who haven't received that yet, for people who have had uh, unhealthy communities or haven't been able to connect with people. I can do that. That I have power over. And you can do that. We can all do that. So, to conclude, as I get near to this busy road, um, self-care is good. I am pro self-care. Uh, I think looking after yourself is really important and it, it helps everybody if you do that. Discover the spirit of peace and a thousand around you shall be saved. It's good for the world around you if you are looking after yourself. But good mental health, happiness, joy, peace, fulfillment, I don't believe is something we can muster up for ourselves. I think it's really fundamentally dependent on the community around us and on the kind of connections that we have with people. I am going to jump over this fence. And hope I'm not going to get shot by farmers. So what can you do 
about good mental health? What can you do about well-being? What can you do about care? Uh, well, you can do as much as you can for yourself, but you can give it rather than just receiving it. It's something which you can give to people. So maybe as well as focusing on self-care, we need to really focus on the care of others. And that by doing that, that doing that is a form of self-care because we're creating a better world to live in. We're creating a better society to live in. We're creating a pool with less piss in it and more candy? I don't know, I really need to work on that analogy. Um, okay, so that's my thoughts. I'm gonna carry on this walk in nature now without you guys um, to practice the bit of self-care that I can. Um, so I hope you're all okay. Thanks for listening. Um, I'm hoping to release a full-length episode on the 1st of November, but I don't have anyone to interview yet for it. And work is busy and I'm tired, so I'll do my best, but no promises. And if I don't see you on the 1st of November, then remember to check out Joy Story, the podcast I do with Dan Mills DeBell, that will be coming out on the first Monday in November, whenever that is. That will definitely happen. Um, okay, look after yourselves and give care to others. Discover the spirit of peace for yourself and a thousand around you shall be saved. Okay, that's all. Sermon over. Bye.